as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. From the Mission Economic Development Office, I say Happy New Year to Tech Flo Garcia. How you doing, T? Hey, doing good this uh, this morning. All right. Nice, and, nice and crispy to, to go to one of the, <laughs> the thousands of coffee shops that we have in the Valley. Oh, man, we have been invaded by... Coffee shops and car washes all over the place. I, I don't know who has an explanation for all this. All right, T, let's uh, do a quick 2023 mission, EDC, and, and mission economy, uh, economic uh, review. Uh, let's look at uh, sales numbers, construction numbers, some of the data that stands out to you. What do you see? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, thank you, as always, uh, Sergio. Good morning, Tim. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, we... we I think like most other uh, Valley cities, we, you know, we had a really uh, good year uh, in terms of retail and, and growth. Uh, we, for the calendar year, uh, mission uh, was up 7% on, on retail uh, sales. Uh, we did a, for mission, which is really good, we, we did 26, we did over $26 million in retail sales uh, tax receipts, um, uh, which is a, an all-time uh, high for, for mission uh, on our residential. Another, um, you know, high mark for mission is we did about eighty-four million dollars in in uh, residential uh, new uh, new homes. We mm-hmm. had about three hundred sixty-nine new uh, uh, new permits for uh, for homes. We and we expect uh, you know we expect even more this coming year. Um, this is a continued uh, you know uh, positive numbers for over the last several years. I mean. The last five years, um, you know, missions retail numbers were up over fifty percent, uh, and um, you know, I go back five years, Sergio, because you know we have to measure uh, and use two thousand nineteen as a yes, sir. as more of a barometer number instead of twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one because of the the COVID. But but we've definitely surpassed all our um, <clears throat> expectations. Uh, um, you know, recovering from COVID, our unemployment is down to five percent. That hasn't been that low since 2019. So I think that we're, we're doing well. We can always do better. Uh, even the Ansa Duas numbers, which, um, you know, the bridge is located in Mission and our friends in McAllen uh, operate it. Uh, the, uh, the bridge numbers are, we did, I think, uh, 2.7 million uh, uh, outbound crossings last year, which means more than 5 million cars uh, used the bridge uh, last year. So. So we're or last fiscal year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no things things are things are looking good. I got to throw that joke that's at the tip of my tongue, otherwise it's, it's going to burn my mouth. It, I think sales and construction numbers would be negative had it not been for all the coffee shops and the car washes opening up all over the place <laughs> over the past twelve eighteen. Hey, we'll take those <laughs> <laughs> Hey, many of the eyes uh, you mentioned the ridge. Many of the eyes of the business world uh, at Anselduas and the area nearby and all the development that is taking place. 
do a uh, top of mind quick recap of what is taking place uh, near the Ansel Lewis Bridge and all this investment. And they're getting ready for commercial traffic. Yeah, um, you know, we <laughs> we we really have been blessed by uh, lo- the location of of the bridge. You know, their mission and and the, and the developers who have property there. Uh, of course, the the, the Killam development has a large chunk of property in and around Ansel Duas, uh, but we continue to field calls every day, and we have people purchasing uh, land in the Killam um, development and also outside the uh, the Killam development. Uh, even folks from, and I don't know if I mentioned this on your show before, but even we've had uh, folks from Laredo buy property uh, because they want to be next to the bridge, um, and and you know Laredo is, is does you know, tw- close to 20,000 trucks a day, uh, you know, on their bridges, but they're saturated. And they have plans to build more uh, and expand, but they can't do it right away. Ansel Duas is likely to uh, be finished by the end of the year uh, in terms of going commercial. And that is just, uh, that is a boon for the, for not just for Mission, but for McAllen and the region. And we have folks uh, building warehouses. We have p- p- people buying property there. And all, you know, at the end of the day, all this is for for job creation, and not just for mission. You know, job people working in mission live in McAllen and Edinburgh, and vice versa. People in Edinburgh and Bar and other places, you know, live in mission. They work other places. So this is a this is a good thing for the region. And we need another another uh, bridge. Our friends in Far obviously have a have the main commercial bridge in um, in Hidalgo County, but uh, you know the the way uh, you know the way things are going and the way the you know the nearshoring and and uh, other industrial trends are happening in Mexico. Uh, you know the the trade is, uh, yeah. is booming, and and we need to capitalize on it. And for Teclo Garcia is a leader for Mission Economic Development. Yeah, Teclo Tim Sullivan here. Would that be the proposed Madero International Bridge that could be? Um, you know that other bridge you're talking about that's needed. Uh, no, I, I was really re- just referring to Uncle Duas. Uh, the Madero Bridge um, uh, project is is kind of on hold. We we really pushed hard um, uh, in previous years uh, uh, to create that um, uh, crossing, but it really isn't in the cards because of so much capacity that exists on Fadulas. Um, the State Department um, and others were kind of resident to to uh, to to approve another um, crossing um, or the construction of another crossing. So. We've been focused completely uh, on Ansaduas, uh, partnering with McAllen uh, to make that um, bridge, uh, you know, the center of our attention for international trade for, for now. Because there's so much room to expand there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of capacity, uh, they uh, the, the bridge can handle, uh, you know, they're they're like at twenty or thirty percent capacity. I hope those numbers are right. Meaning there's a lot more room to grow. In terms of traffic for that bridge, building another bridge within two miles of that one mm-hmm. um, is probably would saturate that area, and then you'd have two bridges that are not very busy. Hmm. So we want to focus on Ansaduas and get that going. And that's why we're promoting that bridge throughout Texas and in Mexico to make sure people are aware of this uh, of this crossing. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Back to the coffee shops and car washes for <laughs> okay. a moment. You know, I, I, I'm just saying, I drive down Cherry Road often, and there are always long lines at that Dutch Brothers coffee shop and at a couple of those car washes along that strip, too. So, you know, happy sales taxes uh, to, to Mission. Um, yes, but I, I also yeah, notice a number taxes. of new shopping strips that are popping across yeah. Mission, and, and that new shopping strip at Bryan and 83 Frontage seems to be shaping up. Burlington open. Uh, Murdoch's, I think, is close to opening. Talk about the economic impact yeah. of those businesses at, at that location. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things, uh, and I'll start with a little anecdote. Uh, some time ago, the, the, the founder of Starbucks was on, on, on radio, and they asked him, why do you have so many coffee shops and so many Starbucks right next to each other? And he said, hey, we, we craft a product, and it takes time, and our lines are long. I have to have more locations. And, uh, and so you can see that in the coffee shops. Like, you know, the lines are long because you know, it takes a little while to get that product out. And, and so the, they, they believe that there's, the market is not saturated yet, and they yeah. continue to build. But, but you're right. It's part of kind of our overall uh, uh, growth uh, in, in mission. And <clears throat> one of the things for mission is you look at mission for a bit, there's no – there are no malls in Mission. I think we have like one <clears throat> major uh, power center, if you will, but tons of small shopping strips with small businesses yeah. or or even chain restaurants. And that's kind of the strength of Mission or where we've been the last several years is creating opportunities for small business. And even even we do have the Burlington's and the Murdoch's and the Olive Gardens, and we just announced two uh, hotels uh, to... Uh, hotels for the for Mission and you know, Harbor Freight, and we're going to make some more announcements here in the next few weeks. Uh, you know, we really still stand on our small businesses. I mean, that's really a key for Mission, uh, especially since we don't have the the major shopping centers. Even with that, you know, we've been able to increase, you know, yeah, draw a lot of business, seven percent, even twenty two percent over the last several years. Hey, T, in thirty seconds, looking forward to twenty twenty four. You yes, know, if sir. McAllen lands. That big project, big employer, and just transforms the economy on this side. Uh, I'm, we're probably looking at, at a big uh, economic uh, spinoff as a result of this. If you, quickly, in 30 yeah. seconds, looking forward to 24. Oh, man, we're really, we're really hyped up about the bridge opening up and all the activity that the, and, and buzz that the, that the Andalus, um bridge going commercial is, is creating for us. And then, again, I have to emphasize the small business. There's so many opportunities. We've got several programs, especially the Ruby Red uh, Small Business Assistance Program that we have. I mean, we're, we're, we just we just uh, did two hundred thousand dollars in assistance for eighteen small businesses in Mission that we're going to um, announce here in, in about a week and a half. So, okay. yeah, I'm really excited about all that, uh, Sergio, all and, right. and that y'all are in Mission. That's great. Yeah, we'll come back um, and announce the Ruby Ruby Red gifts here for small, small businesses here in a few days. In a few days. Sure. Thank you, Teclo. Yes. Teclo Garcia, he's a leader of Mission Economic Development. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. 
It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Economic year in review for the city of Brownsville. Helen Ramirez, our city manager for Brownsville. So much economic data to look at. Construction, sales, other numbers. Where do you want to start, Helen? Well, I think I really want to start with um, this new Oh Good Morning. First of all, um, there was an area development research document that just reported last week 2023's leading metro locations and hotspots for economic growth on a national level. And they reported that Brownsville, Harlingen, MSAs ranked number 17 in the country. The only other city that was also included in the top ranking was Austin, Round Rock, Georgetown, MSA, which was in second and fifth place. So it's really great to see, you know, that's that's an example of the economic indicators um, for our metro area, which is, which they I describe as poised for long-term growth. So I think that that is the sustainability uh, of our economy and the fact that we've seen sustained growth um, this last five years, that's just an indicator of the culmination of all that work. With SpaceX promising a, a million square feet of production expansion, of course, LNG, liquefied natural gas, and the, what, between five to 10,000 jobs near future for many, many years, are those two the big drivers for all that economic opportunity in that report? that they you know they looked at last year so they probably they didn't even this doesn't probably even include the newer um you know announcements that have made been made by uh spacex regards you know spacex made the announcement on the second uh launch site i think this past december so it's really great to see and that is a game changer for the city the region the state of texas because it consolidates the permanence of their launches here, right? And now they talked about launching from each launch pad. Now that finally makes us really competitive with Space Coast and complementary to Space Coast Florida and Vandenberg in California. So we're there, you know, so it's very exciting with regard to, there's another company, Keppel Ampels, which is uh, name change became after consolidation, Citrium. They, in speaking to the CEO, they have also grown. They're over 2,000 workers as well, and they're at the port of Brownsville. Um, they, they were ship breakers, uh, but now they're ship builders, and now they're even, they do um, energy, you know, those wind farms, but in the water, right, on our coast, on coastlines. So they've actually opened up a whole new energy market for themselves. Is there a chance that they would be expanding and hiring more people as a result of all the consolidation and expansion of their product line? Yes, absolutely. And I think they were saying that they needed 150 welders yesterday. So and it's really interesting with regard to the workforce. That's why, you know, the, the Greater Balance of Corporation, when I was there about a year and a half, we actually created a director of workforce development, which is Carlos de la Riva, and really uh, also director of international business development. Because, you know, 
Keppel, for example, or Citrium, it's from Singapore. You know, these, there's companies that go to the port of Brazil from all over the world, Eastern Europe, you know, um, not only Mexico, but we're very international. I really think it's important to hit that home with regard to new construction and new developers and new companies that are coming to Brownsville. Yeah. Helen Ramirez, our city manager for Brownsville Economic Year in Review. We're seeing massive expansion, opportunity, job creation taking place in Brownsville to benefit the entire region, the RGV. Tell me again, that study that you mentioned that listed us at 17 as far as all this opportunity and prosperity, who was it that, that published that? Yes, it's Area Development Research, and there are national research firms on metropolitan statistical areas. And uh, I actually send that to you for your readers because it just really, it's all a research firm, right? So these are the data indicators um, throughout the nation. And, and they are seeing that push. And the Port of Brownsville also has, um, has been awarded infrastructure grants um, on a national level. And the dredging they're doing, they're going to bring be able to bring um, different types of ships, right, larger, and really be able to compete on a state and national level. Okay. Um, another thing that we're looking at in terms of, you know, how do you handle, you know, all this great economic development from an infrastructure perspective and from uh, our retail and tourism perspective? Well, and we've recently in the Valley talked about the need for regionalism and economic development. So the city of Brownsville is proposing to create what we call a municipal development district, an MDD. It's a special purpose district created for the purpose of creating economic development growth and opportunities within the boundaries. While we already have our GPIC and BCIC, we would be consolidating those two economic development corporations and expanding our boundary to that ETJ, which is our growth area. There wouldn't be any additional sales tax or taxes on our residents. And what will help us do is expand um, our, our projects for quality of life, for infrastructure, not only in the city, but in the ETJ. I think that's very important given the, the economic impact that we're seeing in the, in the county um, because SpaceX and, you know, the port, they're all in our county areas, but they're all in the city's uh, future growth areas. So we're very excited about the creation of this MDD um, that will be going to the voters um, in May for, for election. 10-4. Got about a minute and a half, Helen. Uh, Tim Sullivan, our news director, quick question for you. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, uh, Mr. Ramirez, when you talk about um, the workforce, you mentioned welders a moment ago, and just not only welders, but in general, how much of the workers, welders, for instance, are are trained locally, trained at TSTC, for example. Uh, how much of our local workforce will be getting jobs, the local workforce at the Port of Brownsville, the, the next decade LNG plant and, and such? Well, I would say that next decade did commit. It's an excellent question. We have wonderful com uh, community uh, colleges here, TSTC, TSC, um, and others that are, that, are, that are here, specifically even welder schools. Um, what they have committed to about 35% of their workforce um, being from the Valley, I'm talking about next decade. Mm -hmm. With regard to SpaceX, about 70% of their workforce is local, is the RGV, um, mostly Brownsville, I would say, for convenience of distance, but they do have people driving from McAllen, and we, we welcome that, you know. Um, and then, so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's commitment, and then just the reality of, of the fact that 
you know, with regard to Bechtel, which is the construction company, the EPC that is on Next Decade, um, they actually, they started with a whole um, a database of employees that are from the Valley and offered them the opportunity to come home, right, or to work closer well, to mm-hmm. home. So that's what we're seeing. We, you know, we historically have t- talked about the brain drain, the talent drain. Well, now we're the seeing them hopefully come down. come back to town. Yes, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you, Helen, for the update. Yeah, we can get a lot of meat in that report. That's Helen Ramirez, our city manager for Brownsville. I love your show. Hello. Hello. Having our voices heard. That's right. Yeah. You live and you learn. Exactly right. This is our country. Use your heads on this stuff. Bingo. Sick of the talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she to judge? Stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only news talk station. News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. We welcome to the program, say Happy New Year to our interim director for our Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville, William Dietrich. Chief, appreciate your time today. So let's start with your experience at the port. I know you've been there for some time. Tell us about that. Well, actually, Sergio, first of all, good good morning and Happy New Year. I've been at the Port of Brownsville for about a year and a half. In my previous life, I've uh, worked for the city of Brownsville for 26 years. So now that you are at the helm at the Port of Brownsville and seeing all the exciting things that are taking place. You want the gig permanently? Are you going to put in for it? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely exciting. It's a, it's a fun atmosphere, and the growth and everything that's going on, it's a great place to be. Let's review 2023. What an amazing year we had last year. And of course, the uh, cherry on top was liquefied natural gas final investment decision. So you tell us, Chief, when you look at 2023, the amazing year, all the great news, the expansions of operations for steel, everything else, uh, tell me about what comes to mind and what happened last year. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that come to mind, and put focus on just one would, would not be correct, uh, you know, on my part. You know, the LNG uh, FID was very exciting news. Uh, we can see that come to fruitation already. You know, if you have a chance to go out there to the uh, next decade site mm-hmm. or Rio Grande LNG, it's an amazing transformation that's going on right now. Currently, they have about 700 employees, and this time next year, they should be up to about 5,000 employees. Ooh, wow. So they're moving very quick. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, a lot of good jobs, and remember, 35% of them jobs are going to be from you know be given to the local community. Yeah. So that that's a that's a great impact to our to our local economy. Out of 5,000 jobs, and 35%. along with all the people that are moving down. Yes, sir. Yeah, almost. What do you know, Chief? Because I know um, the folks that are having to hire all all these people to go build the LNG site. Uh, they tell us, and the city manager also telling us. Some of the folks coming back down are from the Valley. They worked in Houston, Beaumont, other places. Uh, are we getting some of these folks to finally come back home and, and maybe, you know, grow some roots down here, stay in the Valley? You know, actually, you know, that's one of the, the best aspects of this. You know, we, we've had to, over the years, because of lack of opportunity, send a lot of our talent outward or a lot of our talent made that choice to go, yeah. 
you know, up north. And now being able to provide that opportunity down here is definitely a blessing and, and something that we should be very proud of. William Dietrich is the interim director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brazil. And now that we need to fill all those jobs, steel cutters and welders, all the other, other folks, is there a movement over at Texas uh, State Technical College, Texas Southmost College, South Texas College, truck drivers, welders, all people in construction? Is there an organized movement that you see that can help more people in the Valley pick up those jobs? Because it's going to take many years to build that site and eventually get it up and running. Yeah, actually, that that's a very good point. You know, we have some very strong relationships with TSE. Uh, Texas A&M is going to be announcing soon that they're going to be building a $30 million facility here on nice. port property nice. to, to teach trade skills and things of that sort. That's definitely an area where the Port of Brownsville can be a conduit to people coming in looking for these type of jobs, and we can actually get them trained with these partnerships. So it's very important part of our, you know, our workforce development is going to be a big, big component to our to our future success. Could you please expand a little bit on, on two of them, um, the former Keppel Anfuls and shipbuilding and consolidation and expansion of, of services there. Also across the street from them, that steel product producer, the massive expansion there as well. Those, uh, those are two feathers in the cap worth mentioning right now. Can, can you give us a quick review of the expansion of, of those two facilities? Well, you know, Keppel Anfels now is known as Cetrium. They had a name change this year, so they formally changed their name. And, and they continue to move forward on, on on their projects. You know, we all know recently that, you know, shipbuilding is here in, in, in Brownsville, in the port of Brownsville. We're one of the only ports on the Gulf Coast that is actively building ships under the Jones Act. Yeah. So that's going to continue. That that gives us, you know, quite an advantage, and, and it's quite of an accomplishment for all of us to be able to say that's happening here. Can now, I interrupt you real quick, Chief? Because because they've been successful in building ships, can they? Will they be landing more contracts in the future? Because they've been very successful for several years now in building ships. They just need to land a few more contracts. What do you think? You know, I, you know, I don't have any exact information that they've landed any new contracts, but there's no doubt the skill set is here, and I think yeah. others will come and, and look at the Port of Brownsville and right. see it as a possibility for sure. All right, across the street, steel, massive expansion there in, in producing product. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, very proud of that project. That's Force of Steel. That's an initial investment of about sixty million dollars. Uh, they, you can see the building if you're driving down South Potter Island Highway, and uh, it, it's going up pretty quick. The great thing about that is, is once it's completed, it's going to create about 150 direct jobs upon completion. So that that's that's a very exciting project. Might that um, Mexican? It's it's Monterrey area investor, right? That's a big company from, from that's setting up shop here. Might they? Yes, that that is a Mexico based. Yeah, that is a Mexico based company that that saw that, that saw the potential here in the Port of Brownsville and wanted to hybrid their operation between here and Mexico. Yeah, well, this massive facility that they have. Might it be a, just a step away from bringing us like a like a smelter, like a, an actual uh, steel product producing facility instead of cutting up steel and, and forming steel uh, to final distribution? But, Might we get a smelter? But, you know, you know, Sergio, I can go a little bit into that right now because we're in non-disclosure agreements as it pertains to future ventures with some of these companies. But I can tell you this: is that we have a big project coming in where we're going to be bringing in feedstock for steel and a lot of that's going to be going into mexico but i foresee uh 
some smelters and some people taking advantage of that of that feedstock and being able to do the productivity That's here. Good. So within the near future, we should be talking more about them type of companies. Yeah, and I'll ask you as far as logistics. Do we have enough juice? Do we have enough power in the air to feed something like that? They kept saying for the longest time we need a lot more energy, a lot more electricity for something like that. Do we have it now to, to host something like that? Or might we have it in the near future? We, we definitely we do definitely have enough power right now. But, you know, as you stated there, you know, power and water as we move toward the future, that's going to have to be something that we look at closely. And there's going to have to be some decisions made on how we're going to be able to meet that meet that demand you know when we look at the you know power and water that when we start increasing power and water uh you know that definitely results in 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 economic development so you have to connect the two and it's very important that we are mindful of uh you know increasing our electrical capacity and also our uh, water capacity william dietrich is the interim port director of the rio grande valley port of brownsville i was hoping maybe you could share with us some of the Raw numbers, tonnage, other interesting numbers for a record-breaking 2023. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm pleased to report that the Port of Brownsville had a great year. Uh, you know, preliminary numbers are showing that we continue to grow. Uh, this trend has been continuous over the past 10 years. It's, it's not anything new, but it's, it's definitely uh, we're going in the right direction. You know, some of the indicators are positive when you compare, like, the multimodal logistic numbers. For example, in 2022... The port had 72,600 rail car movements. In 2023, we exceeded that, and we're above 85,000 for this year. Okay. So oh, rail car right. movements increased quite a bit. Um, when we look at truck movements, in 2022, we had 438,000 truck movements. This year, we're going to exceed half a million. Okay. Uh, and there were 1,754 vessel calls in 2022. For 2023, the vessel calls, We'll be north of 1,800. We're in the preliminary. Uh, these are preliminary numbers right now, but definitely it's, it's an upward trend as we move forward. I mean, a strong tonnage and, number uh, as well. For, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, for 2023, recorded uh, 16.9 million tons of diverse cargo, which indicated an increase from 15.2 million reported in 2022. All right. Keep those so, you know, the diverse ton total is, is, is quite high. We'll keep those numbers headed north. Congratulations, William, on the appointment and hoping for continued success in 2024. Great news out of the port. Our interim port director for the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville, William Dietrich. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's check with our local growing family, farmers and folks that are in the industry. 
Brent Erickson is with Little Bear, Little Bear Produce. Appreciate your time today. Tell folks working Absolutely. for a living, driving around town, what, what do we have in the ground here in South Texas? What do we grow that might be vulnerable to all these very cold temperatures? Actually, our company grows um, over 40 different commodities from um, anise, dill, cilantro, parsleys, uh, Swiss chards, beets, kales, um, you name it in the vegetable world, we're probably growing it down here. So there's a, there's a, a very diverse uh, set of commodities that are grown, and plus, of course, all the citrus around. So there's quite a, quite a bit of uh, a product in the ground. All of those items I mentioned, all the herbs and the veg, uh, they're very sensitive to this cold weather. Um, you know, the citrus guys, they, the, the rule of thumb for them is a few degrees or a few hours at 26 degrees is kind of that uh, danger zone. Uh, for us, when, when we hit a few hours at 28 degrees and we're below freezing in total for um, five or six hours, that that's where we start uh, seeing damage to our uh, different items. And it, it seems like uh, we are there this morning. Um, it is a painful uh, weather, both physically with that windshield, but emotionally as a grower, um, you know, at this point, it's going to be what it's going to be. We've done all the preparation work and harvested as much as we can up through yesterday. But at this point, um, vegetable growers are, are we're sitting back and um, we just have to wait to see, you know, how cold it's going to get for how long. Um, we know that tomorrow there's uh, it's probably going to be even colder than yeah, this Tuesday morning. Night. Yeah, uh, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably by the end of the week, we'll start seeing the actual um, impacts to the plants. It'll just be wait and see. Little from Little Bear Produce. We're speaking with Brett Erickson. Brett Tim Sullivan here. What is that prep work? Uh, what What do you all do to protect your crops, both citrus and yeah, vegetables? Good, good, good morning, good morning, Tim. Um, on the On the veg side, um, there's there's a few things that we do. Um, one is that we are extra diligent in trying to harvest. You know, we've been watching this weather for the last um, 10 days to almost two weeks. You know, we're trying to get um, orders in ahead as much as possible, harvest as much product as possible um, based on what the orders are. Plus, we're trying to harvest some extra um, as much as we can. You have to remember that uh, uh, vegetables and produce, it's very perishable. So you can't harvest too much ahead because, uh, you know, the quality starts to diminish and you can't hold it for too long. It needs to get shipped and on that uh, grocery store. Um, <clears throat> other things we do, watering. Um, actually, you know, we, we water very heavily uh, prior to these freezing temperatures. That helps create some insulation in the soil, uh, keeping that, that soil really, um, really wet. Um, it, it does help create a, a little bit of insulation. Um, and, and really every degree counts. Um, yeah. Every half degree you know, counts, I would guess. It, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, but at this point, you know, the, and, and yesterday when, when I was talking with uh, Serge, you know, I, there was a lot of talk about the, uh, the cloud cover and precipitation. And although that creates some dangerous situations uh, for people driving around, it's actually beneficial for um, the the uh, producers down here because that cloud cover helps create a little bit of a blanket um, to prevent temperatures from getting 
um, too low and uh, the moisture is actually helpful in the air. Mm. But uh, when you when you start hitting 26 and 27 degrees, um, it, that's just there, there's not much more you can do about that. The, uh, the those tender plants uh, are most likely going to be damaged. Okay, yeah, and talk more about that because tomorrow night, uh, overnight, looks like it's going to be worse than tonight. When right. you when you say damage, now what what are you talking about? Let, for instance. You know, are, are we talking no more cilantro for the rest of the season, or right. is any of the crops uh, are recoverable at all? Right. So, um, so it'll depend, Tim. Um, it depends on what the commodity is. Um, some commodities, you know, cilantro is is a very tender item. Um, it's it depending on you know it, we've got farms all across the valley, and so at different farms, you know, you may have pockets where it's a little bit warmer. Um, than others, and maybe we'll have um, have some blocks of cel- of uh, cilantro that we can salvage. Mm-hmm. Um, but cilantro is one of those that's very tender. Collard greens, um, you know, broccolis, um, cabbages they're they're a, a lot hardier and and can you know maybe able to work their way through them. We may be able to go in and mow down um, some of those commodities and get a a, a second. Um, growth out of them, you know, oh, blow off the, the, the damage top. Uh, but it depends. You know, a couple of years ago when we had the freeze in uh, 2021 of February, yes, uh, that was you know that was several days of, of hard freeze below below freezing, hard freeze temps, and that within about four days, uh, pretty much all of our commodities looked like watercolor paintings in the field. It was, oh, it was really amazing that yeah. the day after the freeze, it still looks, you know, well, beautiful and yeah. tall and crisp. And two days later, once this, this warms up, that cellular structure starts breaking down and they literally, they just, the, the plants just melt in the field. Well, so it depends on, on the commodity and for how long, but you know, at this point it's hard to say, um, there's probably going to a lot of cilantro is probably going to uh, be hurt uh, for sure. sure. I don't sure. know that we'll be out. Uh, the stores will source it from yeah. somewhere else. Go out but, of state, out of country yeah. to get stuff like that. Get more yeah. stuff from, from Mexico. Yeah. yeah. So it's night after night. So Monday night to Tuesday morning, uh, hard freeze. Tuesday night to Wednesday morning, uh, another hard freeze. But you mentioned uh, water. Uh, maybe use it as um, for, for insulation. Do you have access for water? I mean, that, that's been the continuous conversation around here is no allocation, farmers doing without. So yep. what access to water do you have in order to protect any of your crops? We do. That's a great question, Serge. Um, fortunately, we do have some water. Um, pretty much 100% of our farms are on drip irrigation. So we're not flooding the fields. We're actually, mm. you know, we invest in drip tape that's buried under the ground, that's under the root zone. So um, it's it's a very conservative method of using uh, water resources. Uh, so that's just something that it's better for the plant and it's it's better for um, the region, right, for us to be conservative in how we are applying that water. But yes, we do have um, we do have water within some of our districts, um, and one in particular, we did lose some water. In, in one of our districts, and uh, they were able to negotiate something and get uh, purchase some water from another district. Yeah. Fortunately, just enough to to 
to for us to help finish what was just in the ground. I'm sure it we wasn't cheap. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't cheap no, <laughs> to get that water. No, it, it uh, was was not cheap at all. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about water, I'll, I'll put a plug in here um, for the cities. You know, it's so important. Agriculture is is obviously uh, you know we're kind of on the front lines of suffering from the water shortages, but people don't realize that. Um, you know, the water that goes to the cities, it rides on agricultural water. And gotcha. um, we, we really need the cities. We, we are in a very desperate situation with water, um, as des- almost as desperate as, we, as, we've ever, as we've ever been. And we really need for the cities to, you know, start taking seriously um, implementing and holding people accountable for their, their water use. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a very... Uh, it's a solid point. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yes, sir. Well, thank you, Brett. And we hope uh, for only good things in a few days after you get a chance to assess yeah, your field. Best of luck, Brett. Yeah, yes, sir. And yeah, I know you're in that wait and see mode. Yes, sir. Keep us posted. Send me a text message to see what's going on in a few days. He's from, yes, sir. Uh, right. from Little Bear. Little Bear Produce is Brett Erickson. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's go to City Hall in Harlingen. Our city manager is Gabriel Gonzalez. Happy New Year, Gabe. Appreciate you checking in with us today. So let's do an economic year in review for our city of Harlingen. Let's start with the sales tax collection numbers, since we got lots of retail in Harlingen. You know where we stood at the end of 2023. Yes, we do. Good morning and morning, Happy brother. New Year. Um, well, let me give you a, an update on sales tax collections for last fiscal year. We ended the year with a 4.4% increase in sales tax over nice. the year prior. That's an added in- increase in sales tax of approximately $1.4 million dollars. That's ending in September 30th, 2023. Mm-hmm. And then for this, um, for the two following months that we've had, sales tax have been robust and we've had a 6.8% increase in sales tax. That's an added uh, $356,000 in sales tax. Very neat. So we're still going strong. Now the, con- now, the construction side, either home or commercial construction for Harlingen, you know, we have these little shopping centers and more stores. It's, it's, that seems to be the consistent theme for the larger markets in South Texas. We've got things popping up all over the place. How do we do with construction uh, when it comes to construction in 23? Well, for the fiscal year, we ended up in a, with $176 million in building permits that were issued last fiscal year. And we have data for October, November of, of uh, this year, and it, it was up by $32 million, 32.7 to be exact just for October and November. So we're still going strong with uh, building permits, and most of that is commercial. 
uh, mostly retail as well on the commercial side, or what would you say uh, is driving it? Well, the, the the one larger one was from HEB. They applied for uh, an expansion of their HEB store in Morgan, and so that what was driving this thirty two point seven million dollars. Not all of it. There's about twenty five million uh, in building permits, but that's what's driving. It's mostly retail so far, which is great because that generates revenue for the city to sustain itself. So that's. That's that's a wonderful thing. At the Eagles Perch that you sit at, there, a city manager for Harlingen. Tell me about the city projects in twenty three major ones, and then some of those projects you're looking forward to in twenty four. Well, one of the one of the biggest things that we've done is we've created a drainage crew. We hired five additional people, bought lots of equipment, and so now we're going to start doing our own drainage projects as opposed to going out and hiring contractors. And right now we're starting off with a major project that the Lozano Detention Pond. That's a 14-acre pond that we're going to create. Um, and it's going to be about four to eight foot uh, deep. And so it's going to alleviate, alleviate flooding uh, in the downtown area. So that's going to be a tremendous project for the city. Uh, they've already finished the uh, Hale Ditch. Uh, that was just a widening project to get us started. But now we're really uh, turning and going with the Lozano Detention Pond project. What can you report on the economic development side, Gabe? Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for the city of Harlingen, joining us. I know we had that big facility at the airport that we needed to fill. We were hoping to field some prospects to replace the aerospace folks that were leaving town. And, of course, we got opportunities with the port of Harlingen. We got opportunities at the airport as well. The big mall, uh, square footage off the freeway. There's so many opportunities. What can, what can you report on the economic development side? Well, the 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 mall is still up for sale, so we're hoping that a buyer will take it over and expand some of the opportunities that that go with the with the mall. Uh, the airport, we're still looking to try to get a tenant for the ULA building. Uh, they're, they're leaving town, and so uh, that space is available. It's got to be used for aeronautic purposes. Uh, aeronautical purposes. That's what makes it more uh, challenging trying to find the right fit. And we've got a couple of prospects that we're looking at, but uh, nothing's nothing's been yet. And then we've got a major project that we're working on uh, with the Port of Harlingen. And so they're looking at possibly expanding into that area. Um, and so if that happens, that's going to tie up port traffic for years to come. On the medical side, Gabe, with the university and the medical school and, of course, with Valley Baptist and other opportunities, what do you see happening near future? Well, I think the medical industry continues to expand here in Harlingen. Uh, we're getting doctor's offices, medical offices popping up, and so that's that's a great thing. Uh, the other major hospital that we have in town is Harlingen Medical Center. Uh, so it's uh, Valley Baptist, uh, and so they, they, they're the economic engines of the city. They drive... Um, doctors, uh, offices to to thrive here in town. And so that continues to be a strong industry for the city. And we, we continue to pursue opportunities in that venture. Gabe, success in 2024. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Have a great year. Gabriel Gonzalez, city manager, Harlingen. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV.
Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.